Well, that's it. Regular season is over in the NFL, and it's passed by in the blink of an eye, not without its late drama. And who else would we at NFL Dead Under would want to dissect any and all things Week 18 than the two gentlemen alongside me? We'll begin with the man who claimed he was 15 minutes early but was three minutes late, that being the great man Teed. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, finally, at the end of the regular season, which, you know, we say goodbye to red zone in the mornings and um, 16 games a week, but uh, the real football starts now. Smid is here also. I had to admire uh, Scott Hansen and his ability to give heartfelt goodbyes to red zone Smid. You can tell the man loves yeah. his craft. Oh, does he ever. He'll be counting down. But isn't it funny how T just had to emphasize that the real football starts now? Uh, just because the Cowboys coming off a 20-point loss to Washington. But I thought that was real sly of you to throw that in there, Teed. And, Did they play today? Uh, you, yeah, you can't catch us snapping, my friend. We, we've caught you red-handed. Absolutely. I didn't know they played today. So what we're going to do is normally this is the part of the show where we keep ourselves accountable. However, we, we need to induct some winners. We need to talk about some losers. And it's this is just extraordinary what's happened here. Well, let's start with the tips. And uh, Teed comfortably ahead for the majority of the season came into this week. Three ahead of me, four ahead of Smid, needing uh, just to hold on. And the great man's done it. 171, that is the end total for our man in a very good performance. Smid's giving, I honestly thought that was Teague clapping until I saw your shoulder move then, Smid, and I was ready to roast him. But a, a massive congratulations to you, Teed. Yeah, everyone at home, stand up and applaud at home, at work, whatever you, you're doing. Um, I've hung on, and, and it was looking shaky at one point this morning when um, I think I was the minority who had the Dolphins and the Texans, and, and they weren't looking too great. Um, I don't know what the end result would have been if they had have gone the other way, but um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very happy to hang on by the skin of my teeth. Yeah, absolutely, which we love, mate. Love that for you, of course. But this this is this is the real story right here. Now, when we came about the tips last year, and we were coming up with our names on the ESPN tipping app, Smid thought with some chuckles, with a, <laughs> a chagrin or two. To call himself a Daz can't beat me. Now, you, you might be thinking when I absolutely smoked him last year that a gracious man would take it down. But but Smitty's no gracious man. He, he doubled down and he kept the name and he's lost again. Smid, please tell me you're going to change this. Daz's bitch is on offer. I'm sure no one else has got that name. You can take it for next year, mate. But you've ended up in the doldrums. What's going on? Yeah, went down to you overall by one tip, which um, yeah, that's going to uh, give me some sleepless nights. But I'll be honest, I didn't change it because I didn't know how to. So that's that's just about that. Um, <laughs> and it also doesn't come up on my app. It just says me. So I actually forgot that was my name until you guys mentioned it during the season again. So a few different reasons why the name maintained. Uh, but yeah, it looked. Not ideal to come third out of the crew, but uh, I thought overall it was a pretty successful year for us tipping. You know, when you look at the the leaderboard overall in Australia, I was four thousand seven hundred and eighth out of nearly sixteen thousand, so I was in the top twenty five percent in Australia. Um, so I think overall the three of us did a pretty good job tipping games this year. Yeah, 
I like it. I like it a lot. Um, let's keep the ball rolling because we're talking about Smid copping a big fat L. Now, now Smid doesn't want to lose to Teed. He, he can't lose to Daz, and he has. But his reputation relies on him beating the man he hates, probably the third most in the NFL media. Skip Bayless and Nick Wright can sleep at night, Smid, probably knowing they're ahead in that little podium of misery you've built up for yourself. And yep. we told you that if Colin gets three, it's over anyway. But let's end the year on a high. And you went, I know what I'll do for you, Daz. I'll go two and three. Yeah. On brand. On brand. Um, Yeah, I'm all right. I blame Colin for taking two weeks off. He ruined the integrity of the competition by (laughs) taking that time off. And the results are skewed. So there's a massive asterisk next to this year. And uh, I'll be back next year if he can be bothered putting up 18 weeks of tips and playing the competition like a true competitor rather than taking two weeks off and just waltzing through. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a massive asterisk on this year. Um, he can have it, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I'll be back. Now, Teed, I, I can kind of understand where Smithy's coming from, but Colin did get the same amount of tips right as Smithy with 11 less games. So where do you stand on this? Come in for me. Do you think Smith deserves to be as smug as he's looking right now? Uh, well, um, yeah, I, I don't know if Colin would have gone 0-11 in those games, but considering how my TDs went, I think I'll, I'll remain quiet um, and hold judgment, I think. That's Smith some self-awareness well. I can respect. <laughs> now, the, oh, well, I've got none. Smith, do better, be better, and we demand better, so... Uh, I hope you use this off-season to better yourself and maybe put three seconds of thought into your picks and not just do them on the spot. That might be the way to go. But we'll might address that in the... Th- yeah, that might be addressed in the 360-degree feedback that'll be coming first show after the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. Uh, where are we at next? Uh, TDs, TDs. It went that well this week, mate. I completely forgot who you picked, and I don't know how you went. So if you ever want to brag about a 4-1, and one, I'd probably do it now. Yeah, well, um, you're not the only one who forgot it. It took me all day to try and remember <laughs> who who I did have. I know Darnell Mooney certainly didn't score a touchdown this week, and even did uh, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster. The Patriots' defense didn't score. Um, Great stuff. Aiden Hurst certainly didn't score a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence didn't score a touchdown. And, yeah, I mean, if we're clutching at straws, I can just about claim one from four. Najee Harris... Uh, scored a touchdown that um, they didn't review and they called short, which was certainly a touchdown. Um, and then he fumbled the next play. So <laughs> technically it wasn't a touchdown, but, you know, it, it was a touchdown if they reviewed it. But even then, one and four, um, I think I'd prefer 0 and 5, to be honest. Yeah, well, you got 0 and 5, so you better prefer <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been if he had done this or that. Where are we at as a group? My goodness. Uh, oh, let's God, go to blame the... the Steelers coaching staff. That's all. That's all I can oh. do. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the locks now, Smid. If if we were sitting here saying that Teed had caught up to you, I'm I'm probably thinking to myself, you're not on tonight. You need yeah. something to hold on to. But he went the Cowboys, which is. Week 18, you never pick your own team. You just let it ride out, ride the wave. You were that confident in the Panthers, Smitten. You didn't even pick them yep. as your lock. But the Cowboys went down and the streak came to an end. 10 and 8 
for Teed, which given he was two and six at one point yeah. is extraordinary. It's so Pittsburgh Steelers kind of story, that one. The Steelers <laughs> were, were two and six and ended up nine and eight. So it it's um yeah, brilliant bounce back by Teed, but still come in the bronze place. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh it's you tell people you came third teed, not last. A little bit of advice for you. Smith, you took the Jags and it, it took some drama. We'll talk about it in a minute. But twelve and six. Yeah. Two out of every three, mate. You'll take that. Sixty six percent. Um, yeah, not upset with that at all. That was it. I thought you had more. Yeah. Just no, that was it. Okay, and it took a uh, an overtime field goal for the Seahawks to get over the line for Dazzling, who takes out the locks. Yes, please. Thirteen and five. I did start three and zero, so ten and five to finish. Yeah, sixty six percent the way Smithy was going. That's how our season went. Let's look at how all the teams finished. We're only going to do the games we drafted last week with the in depth, and then we've got some questions from Reddit. Quickfire game reviews. Uh, Teed will reveal the fixture because I'm going to give him something to do late. Smith's got the non-QB MVP, so we'll announce the winner there. And then we'll be out of here. What a bloody show that is. But, uh, Smith, you're going to kick us off with the Jags and the Titans. It it got you over the line in the locks, so no wonder you're a big fan of this one. Yeah, and it, it was probably the most exciting game of the weekend, really. The the genuine win and in, uh, and it ended up being the only of those games this week when you think about it, because uh, by the time the Packers and Lions played today, the Lions knew that they were out of contention for the playoffs. So um, the true win and in game of the weekend, and you could tell that the pressure was on early. It was quite a sluggish uh, first quarter, only three points on the board. Um, And then the Jags put together a really nice scoring drive in the second quarter. Trevor Lawrence marched the field thanks to a massive Jamal Agnew uh, kick return that got him up to about the halfway mark. Uh, Trevor Lawrence picked up a few first downs and threw a beautiful touchdown to Christian Kirk, uh, one of the only weeks that T didn't pick him for TD's TDs, and he actually scored, so sucked in T. <laughs> You're welcome, um, Jags. <laughs> but I thought the Jaguars left a lot of points on the field in this one, um, and they made a few mistakes. There was a really... Uh, really poor trick play that got botched. Uh, it looked like Trevor Lawrence was trying to pitch the ball outside, uh, but Jamal Agnew came on a sweep and sort of disrupted the play and fumbled. The Titans recovered that. That was a promising drive that got turned over, and then Trevor Lawrence missed probably his easiest touchdown pass of the entire season. Dave Jones had the entire back half of the end zone to himself and Lawrence managed to overthrow that ball. So, you know, that's four points because they kicked a field goal and then you assume that they at least get a field goal on the fumble drive. That's seven points that they left on the field, which would have made this result a lot more comfortable, obviously. Uh, But going into the fourth quarter, the Titans held a 16-10 to lead and... You were sort of worried for the Jags, uh, and the Titans' defense just kept standing up. The The Jags didn't have a rushing game at all. Travis Etienne had seven carries for 17 yards. Jermichael Hasty three carries for five yards. So only 10 rush attempts from the running backs. They really couldn't get anything going on the ground, which is a massive credit to the, the Titans' defensive line, who just kept standing up, filling gaps. But it was actually the Jags' defense who ended up making the big play, um, forcing a fumble on 
uh, Josh Dobbs, who I thought played a pretty good game, to be honest. Um, I said at one point in the second quarter when he'd completed nine straight passes, why is Josh Dobbs looking like Tom Brady in the group chat? And it did seem that way because he was making every throw on time in rhythm, uh, but he did throw an interception that hurt and caused a field goal for the Jags. And obviously this fumble was huge. Rayshon Jenkins just came on a blitz uh, and came in clean, knocked the ball freed before Dobbs could get his arm moving forward. And Josh Allen scooped and scored for the touchdown that ended up being the dagger. The Jags took home the win and win the AFC South, probably the worst division in football this year. Let's be brutally honest, but um, it's awesome to see the Jags in the playoffs and Without taking any, you know, bias into this game, it was clear that the Jags would put up a more entertaining playoff game next week uh, against the Chargers than what the Titans would have. The Titans, it's a, it's a massive fall from grace. They were seven and three, and finished the season seven and ten on a seven-game losing streak and missed the playoffs. Um, so really, not good for them, but. Yeah, the, it was a good win by the Jags. They did what they had to do uh, without their offense looking outstanding. So if they can get their offense clicking next week, it's going to be an outstanding wild card between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. Teed's man and Daz's man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hang on to your hats, people. Teed, I'd love your insight on this because I know the storyline behind this is that the, the Jags look nervous. What are they going to be like when the pressure's on? I actually feel like the pressure's off them now. That was the game they had to win and they won it. I feel like they're going to be playing with house money next week. And I am so excited to see what happens. What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. I feel like most people will go into that game um, assuming the Chargers win and it is the playoffs. Anything can happen. It is a Jags home game, so that makes it even more interesting. That stadium was pumping. Um, it, it was just so electric. It would have been really cool to, to be there and... Um, you know, I'm really glad the Jaguars did win this one because if they had have lost it and missed out in the playoffs, um, I think, you know, the storylines would come out about this Jags team just maybe not being ready um, and this season would be kind of forgotten, I guess. But the, the way they turned it on the second half of the season, they really do deserve that playoff spot. Um, and, yeah, they, they were just they, – they were sluggish in this game. Um but it was a division game. It was a tough division game against a team that's really good at stopping the run. And the Jaguars do like using the run. And, um, you know, it was clear when Smithy, you know, said they were held on to whatever they were rushing, but it wasn't much at all. And I think ETN had less than 20 yards. But, um, yeah, just incredible. I'm really excited to see how Trevor Lawrence can play in the playoffs. And, and yeah, you are right, Daz. I feel like they are playing with house money here. They can just kind of give it their best shot here. And, and you know, if, if they were to lose next week, I don't think anyone would sit back and, and go, oh, well, we expected them to win. It's, it's a disappointing season, I think. Um, you know, you, they can consider their season a success. I'm pretty sure they said it's the first time in a very long time that a team's gone from the worst record in the league one year to, to making the playoffs the next. So, um, yeah, successful season by the Jags, but it's not finished yet. Yeah, I think it was winning the division is the stat you're thinking about. I think there, there was one beforehand that I saw on Twitter. But I'm calling it now. Unless we hear of major injury news for the Jags, I'm picking them to be the Chargers with some confidence. I'm looking forward to it immensely. But we're not here for the preview show, Daz. So why don't you just shut up and host the show and everyone will be better off for it. All right, let's do that. I'll just do the show on my own, boys. You guys can just sit there if you want. Uh, 
Teed, you got the Lions and the Packers, and uh, oh, there wasn't a result this week that, well, okay, maybe one result this week that made me happier than this one. Yeah, I feel like a, a lot of the NFL um, fans and community were going for the Lions in this one just because they were, I guess, sick of seeing Rodgers and the Packers in the playoffs. And, um, you know, it is a shame this one wasn't a winning because I think the way the Lions played in this game, um, they would they would make a, a really exciting playoff team. Um, but that was not to be. The Packers, they were the better team for the first half, I say. Uh, but you know, the second half, the Lions just, um, they were much better. And uh, I think, you know, the, the Lions led by Dan Campbell as the coach. It's just really fun to watch. You saw that on their last drive where um, I think it was third and third and long or second and long. They, they did a, a a pass play and then, and then a quick pitch and in a situation like that, it, it takes big nuts. So we remember um, my admiration for Zach Taylor last year and his big balls early in the season. Um, Dan Campbell uh, gets oh, the tick here, of approval. Right? Yeah, he gets the tick of approval for me for some big ball plays and none bigger than the fourth down call um, at the end to win the game. Um, so yeah, really incredible from the Lions. The Packers, I, I think after this game, Jameson Williams asked for Aaron Rodgers' jersey. Aaron Rodgers said, I think I'm going to hang on to this one, which is only going to get everyone talking about the future of him. Um, but, yeah, there's not really much else to say about this game. There was one point in this game where um, I, I can't remember who it was for the Packers, but the defensive lineman, I think it was, ran past and gave, I think it was Jamal Williams, a forearm to the helmet. Um that wasn't even called a penalty or anything like that. And I just, it was one point in the game which really pissed me off one week after what we saw with Damar Hamlin and, and how, you know, important this player's safety should be. You've got a player throwing a forearm to the head of another player and he didn't even get flagged. I thought the NFL should crack down on that. But other than that, um, yeah, not too much to take away from this game. But apart from the Packers finishing the season really well, um, and then choking it at the end. And I think, you know, I, I feel like if they make the playoffs, their season is excused and, um, you know, you can kind of hide some things that happen. But their end of the season, um, they had some wins against some pretty bad teams. And, you know, I feel like they didn't deserve a playoff spot and, and they're not in the playoffs. So um, I, I'm pretty happy with the result here. I, it's just a shame that the Lions aren't the ones making the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Now, Smid, I went into this year, and I'm going to be honest with you, I, I would have thought the schedule saying week one and week 18 would have bookended the season, but it's apparently T talking about testicles that's yeah. really gotten us between point A and point B of this season. And I've got to be honest with you, I didn't see that coming. No, we talk about the bingo card quite often, and that certainly wasn't on it. But... um. Apart from all that uh, testicle talk, I agree with everything that he was saying. Yeah, you know, spot on. The, the Packers did not deserve to make playoffs after the season they had, and I'm quite glad they're not in the playoffs. And to see the Detroit Lions close out what was a really big growth season for them with a win like this um, is fantastic momentum for them going forward. They'll have uh, two first-round picks, a, a really good one, thanks to the Rams, and and one that is in the middle of the first round. But, you know, they're going to draft again. They're going to pick up some good talent again. Um, hopefully they retain Jamal Williams. I really, 
you know, people come and go in the NFL and, you know, people can look like culture guys, but he truly is a heart and soul dude. Um, Speaking and he of Jamal Williams, Smith, he yeah, his had, intro. Had day for him, he, he had the intro today, which I, yeah. I still don't understand what he said, but made everyone <laughs> laugh. He scored the two touchdowns. He um, he made everyone cry with a with a post post game interview, and then less than thirty seconds after, made everyone laugh again. So yeah, you are yeah. right. Um, absolute character that guy. Yeah, he he's just someone you want to see stick around, and he actually tied the Detroit Lions' record for rushing touchdowns in a season. You've got Barry Sanders, one of the goats, and Jamal Williams sitting next to him. So fantastic story. Um, I really hope he gets extended and and stays in Detroit because it's been a hell of a journey with him there for one season. Imagine if he gets a three or four year deal; it'd be a must watch. Hey, you know how you know he's a culture guy? It's if he moves, you, it on, you only want it to be to your team. If he goes yeah. anywhere else, it's a shame. So it's either where he's at or your team. I love it. Smid, now, there, there could have been some ways you could have gone with your second pick. You, you could have said, Dazzling, your team's in the playoffs. But then you realize the game happened and you're like, mm, I ain't talking about that. Uh, you could have talked about the fact that Teed's Cowboys uh, thought it was week one of the playoffs and decided not to show up at all. But no, you thought that's not going to be the Just go. Week one in general would do, Daz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You could have talked about uh, some teams that got a good win to finish their season. You could have talked about your own squad. Yeah. But instead, there was one game, one moment, and one result that took your fancy above all else. And it was the great American tank off of 2023. Yes. yes. One of the greatest back and forth tanking efforts i've ever seen and as the resident draft guy the resident draft guru in massive quotation marks this game had a big bearing on the people and it was something that i was really interested to see because um going into the game we knew that if uh, chicago lost and houston won chicago would get the number one pick and that changes things because uh, a team one who don't need a quarterback with many teams below them that do need a quarterback there could be some movement. So um, the scene was set and Houston came out and played like they didn't want the number one pick, which was quite bizarre. Uh, they were up 17 to seven at halftime and actually moved the ball up and down the field pretty well. And then they started getting the tank in gear and they threw a few interceptions. Davis Mills started launching picks left, right and center. And the Colts started to work their way back into the game. And, you know, it was, it was all going well. The Colts were tanking so hard in the first half that they had one of their own offensive linemen force a fumble on one of their running backs, which is just one of the most unbelievable acts of tanking I've ever seen. So shout out to the Colts for that one. But uh, let's move into the fourth quarter. And I thought the Houston tank mobile that we've seen all year, I've been complimenting it so much. It was just rolling through. The Colts put on 10 straight points in the fourth quarter to go up by seven. Texans get the ball. It's fourth and 18. They need a Hail Mary touchdown to to either tie or win the game, depending on what they do after the touchdown. And you think, surely not. This would this would this would be an all-time choke job by the Colts. And they convert it. So I don't know who to congratulate. Do I congratulate the Colts unbelievable tanking job? Or do I congratulate Davis Mills for launching a Hail Mary touchdown? Speaking of big ball plays, Lovey Smith, who pretty much knew he was getting fired, said, fuck this. 
I'm going for two so the Texans don't get the number one pick. They can get stuffed. They get the two-point conversion and walk off to the number two pick. The the Indianapolis Colts secure pick four with this beautiful tank effort. And just for pure horrificness, uh, this game takes the cake as one of the best tank offs I've ever seen. Um, it got everything. Offensive linemen forcing fumbles, interceptions left, right, and center. You know, penalties, it was all happening. And you could see the Houston Texans owner on the sideline when they caught that touchdown <laughs> and had that two-point conversion. You'd never seen a more upset dude. Um, so you got to love the giant middle finger from Lovey Smith on his way out the door. But, uh, yeah, this is a thing of beauty. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, uh, oh, boy, that owner. I mean – you never seen a, a a winner more upset than that. You would have thought they'd lost sixty to three, but yeah. uh, they might have lost something even bigger. Pick one, like we said, Teed. Uh, the Colts. They'll be one of the teams looking to trade up as well. Do you think the Texans are going to come out of this with egg on their face? How do you feel about going for the win there? Right decision, wrong decision, short term, long term. Give it to me. I I love it from the. Texans point of view because I, I mean I, I've got two kind of thoughts on this the first one is is just the Lovey Smith factor and and the fact that he he knew he was gone um so why not try and stick it to them um and, and win that game there's no point trying to lose because they are professional athletes and the Texans are getting trolled on, on Twitter and everywhere else because they did win this game but everyone trolling them um you know, would would be straight onto the PlayStation playing Madden and, and crying when they can't win a game of Madden. Um, and I think a game of NFL football is, is 10 times what a game of Madden would be. So you put them, you know, get them guys to put pads on and play in the NFL, and I bet you they wouldn't be happy to lose. So I, I really, you know, it kind of proves that from a player's point of view and a coaching point of view, tanking isn't really a thing. Um, but there is things the front office can do. But also... Um, you know, the Texans, I'm so happy that they will not be having that number one pick just because, you know, the owner, as Smithy said, you saw him on the sideline just about in tears after that two-point conversion, which was one of my highlights of the week. Um, and that's an owner that fired a coach after one season um, last year, and then they've done it again this year. And I, if you say one thing about the Texans this year, it's probably that they, they played hard. They just didn't have the talent. Um, they were never going to be a playoff team. They were never going to be a six-win team. Um, they are what they are, but they, they played hard, and we saw that at the back end of the year. They almost beat the Cowboys. They almost beat the Chiefs. Um, they obviously won this game. They had another win. I can't remember who they played a couple of weeks ago, but they won that one. And um, I feel like that's it, – it's, you know, when you look at the coaching jobs available, the, there's some pretty favourable ones, and I think this Texans won – um, is the least favourable because I'm pretty sure they signed Lovey Smith on a four-year deal um, and they played hard. Yeah, four-year deal. They played hard for him. Um, it looked like the players liked playing for him uh, and then he was gone within the year. So if I was a coach or a, a coordinator or something with a, um opportunity to go to the Texans, I wouldn't be going anywhere near there. Bang. I like it. All righty. T, the last in-depth before we get into some questions from Reddit. The Seahawks and the Rams. Well, imagine thinking that the Seahawks wouldn't win more than one game. What an absolute dickhead would think that because they're in the playoffs. 
and the egg is firmly on someone's face, quote me. Yeah, you've done well there, Daz, and you seem to be the only one bringing it up, so you could you could just about hide that, um, and we would just about forget about it. But you seem to always bring it up, and and I'm glad because it, you know you know it, it reminds me that you did have that take. But I, I guess we all say things exactly. We all say things at the start of the year. Shout out, sure Matt Ryan. Silly things as well. There we go again. There's another one. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it just it felt like it would be so Seattle. Um, for them to, to just lose this game after the way we all think they've overachieved this year. Um, and winning this game, well, like they did in overtime, was tough enough, but having to wait the rest of the day um, and have the Packers lead the Lions for most of that game until the end would have been even tougher. But they did secure that number seven seed, and it, was, you know, it wasn't it was a great game for Seattle. I'm sure they would have loved to have their time again. Geno Smith... Looked good in this game at times, but also looked pretty bad as well. He did throw a really nice touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett, which was, um, uh, you know, one of his better throws of the season. That tied the game up in the third quarter. And, um, yeah, it's it's just the way the Rams played in this game with Baker Mayfield, I, I don't know that people seem to think there's going to be some sort of question mark into the offseason with what the Rams do with Baker Mayfield. I, I don't really know. If that is a thing, because obviously you're taking Matthew Stafford if he's healthy next year anyway, but um, it will be interesting to see what happens with Baker um, and the Seahawks. They've, they've just... I don't think anyone expected them to make the playoffs. If you did, I'd probably call you a liar. Um, but yeah, they have exceeded everyone's expectations. They're another team that's going to go into next week playing with house money, tough matchup. Um, but yeah, the, the way they... They won this game in overtime. was really good. They had that interception of Baker Mayfield in overtime. It was a really good play by Diggs. Um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, not too much. The Seahawks, the way they played, doesn't make me feel good about them going into San Francisco, I think, and winning that game next week. But, um, as I said before, they, they've done what they've done this year and no one expected them to do that. So, good to them. Yeah, spot on. Smid. Uh, the Rams. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting offseason with the rumours swirling that Sean McVay is leaning towards leaving the Rams. Uh, who knows what Matthew Stafford's future holds with all the concussion problems he's had. Uh, Aaron Donald has spoken openly about wanting to retire. So this could be a very different-looking LA Rams team uh, come week one in the later part of this year. But, uh, yeah, probably the worst Super Bowl defense we've ever seen. Um, but, look, like I said it during the year, um, when you go all in to win a Super Bowl and you do win it, I think it doesn't matter if you bottom right out because you still yeah. achieved your goal no matter what. So I don't think uh, they'll be too disappointed with what's happened considering they've got a fat Super Bowl ring on their finger. Yeah, I'm with you totally. Alrighty, um, I did the sound effect last week, but let's be honest, it was shit. So let's just get to Reddit roulette. The best questions off Reddit related to the NFL, and by the best questions this week, I mean the ones that I rushed and researched because I have to stay back an extra hour and a half at work today. Um, first day of the year, looking forward to it. 2023. Woo! All right, gentlemen, Smithy, I'll start with you on this one. 
Uh, which playoff game do you think will be the closest on the scoreboard? So who do you think is going to come right down to the wire? You don't have to pick a winner, but yeah. which game do you reckon is just going to be an absolute nail-biter? I can see the Cowboys and Buccaneers going to a last second field goal, to be honest, because the Cowboys haven't impressed me and and the Bucks haven't really impressed me either. So um, I think it might be a low-scoring battle that comes down to a, f- a kicker, which we know how I feel. Oh, don't we? But we're going to talk about that when we get to your boys in a tick. Teed. Yeah, well, um, I'll say the Giants and the Vikings. I think they played two weeks ago and it came down to a last-second field goal. Um, I think both these teams match up pretty well. And um, a Giants team that offensively, you know, they're nothing special on offense. They're coming up against a defense that's not, um, you know, playing really well. So I think it's a good matchup there. And I think they'll they'll be able to find ways to score points. So I think they'll be able to keep up with the Vikings there. Yeah, I like it. I was going to pick that game as well. So I'll change it to the Jags and the Chargers. It's just a game-winning drive is coming in that game. So I'm looking forward to that one immensely. Second one here. Um, well, you talked about it before, Teed. Uh, you said no one should go near it, but someone's going to have to. Uh, who should coach the Texans next year? Now you can either give a, a broad answer in terms of exper- uh, experienced coach, new coach, but I'd love a name. I don't know. Um Texans, as as I said, it, it is a, a spot that I wouldn't wouldn't really be touching with a ten foot pole. But you look at them; they haven't got much offensively. They've they've got something there defensively. I'd be going for a defensive guy. Um, oh, you know, Matt Nagy. I, <laughs> I really like Dan Quinn as the Cowboys coordinator. As much as I'd hate to see him go, I feel like he's going to get the opportunity to be a head coach again. Um, you know, I feel like that's a good spot for him. You know, he turned this Cowboys defense around with a click of his fingers. Uh, I feel like he he's got some talent there, and with a, a you know some good draft capital, he'll be able to do the right thing there. So I'll say Dan Quinn. I love that, Smid. You know what's funny? I'm going the other Cowboys coordinator. I think if they really are going to bottom out, and if they're drafting a quarterback, they need to go a young sort of new age offensive mind to try and build and mold this offense around the quarterback they draft. So I'm going to say Kellen Moore. Um, He's been in conversations before. I think he's done a really good job with Dallas's offense in the large part of this year, Um, especially with things, working things around Damian and, oh, sorry, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And I think he could do something similar with Damian Pierce. And if they bring someone uh, with a bit more juice, they can do a, a thunder and lightning sort of thing. So I think that'd be a pretty cool uh, sort of hire, especially if they go rookie quarterback. Bang. I like it. I'm not going to pretend I know enough about the coordinators to make an educated pick here, but this is going to cause some questions, some comments, I feel. But uh, if you could pick the Super Bowl entertainment this year, uh, who would be the main act? And uh, I get the feeling one of us, and it's not you or me, Smid, might go with a joke answer first. But I'll go to you first. Who would be your uh, dream Super Bowl opener? Gee, Super Bowl opener. That's a uh, that's a tough question. There's so many good acts. Um, well, I'm a massive Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, he's, he's getting on in age, but to see him do one more Super Bowl, I think he did one back in 2009. I believe it was, um, and dominated. So 
to see him do another one would be good. But if we're looking at new age bands, um, I, I'm a fan of the Killers. I know they did an awesome AFL Grand Final one, um, so that would be kind of cool. Uh, that'd probably be my two picks at this stage. I like it, Teed. Yeah, well, you did say something about making a joke, and the first thing that popped into my head just to piss everyone off was Cursor. Um, if he's still, <laughs> if he's still around um, producing music, but um, I, I think Post Malone would be pretty cool. I, oh yeah, that with, was one of my answers. Yeah, I've been pretty happy with the the entertainment um, as of late, and I feel like um, I feel like he wouldn't be far off doing one. Uh, but yeah, Post Malone for me. Oh, that was my answer, you absolute prick. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, because, I mean, I was so spoiled, as you boys know, last year. I mean, Eminem, for a start, let alone the supporting cast, and uh, yes, rap fans, calm down, they were the supporting cast. That was already the dream for me, so I'm I'm good in terms of what it is. But yeah, genuinely cannot believe of all the acts, Ted, you've taken my answer. That's extraordinary. All right, <laughs> oh, let's well, get into I'll the... go Cursor then, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick fire game reviews, and these could be world record pace quick fire. Let me tell you, uh, Teed Raiders Chiefs went the way we thought it would. Yep, um, my favorite part of this game was the the Chiefs snow globe play. If you guys saw that, the, <laughs> the ring a ring of rosy um, huddle. It, it you know it, we laugh about it and, it, and it gets made fun of online, but um, it, it is such a smart play, uh, and it really would have caught the defense off guard first of all to see them dancing around like that, and then all of a sudden you've got Mahomes in the backfield and Kelsey in the backfield. I'm surprised the Raiders didn't call a timeout, and it was unfortunate that the touchdown was called back, but uh, I thought it was a really smart play call. By a BS holding call, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And also, this needs to be said. Uh, You glossed over it a little bit there, Teed. If they were confused, I'm with you. Why didn't they call a timeout? Yeah. That's pretty much... It doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, ridiculous. Uh, Smid, Falcons, Bucks. Yeah. The game happened. Yeah, the game happened. It's Tom Brady's first ever losing season, which is something significant. Uh, although he still he's makes still, the playoffs. Yeah, and he still makes the playoffs. So um, shout out to the Falcons for causing that, I guess. I, I do have to. I know this is going to hurt Smithy's soul, considering how much I've put the boot in. I've actually got to give Nick Wright credit here because after week two, Two, he said, and I quote, the NFC South is that bad. Tom Brady's going to go eight and nine and make the playoffs. Win yeah, a home play, win a home playoff game and go through bad quarterbacks. And if he's in the Super Bowl again, it should surprise no one. So credit to you, Nick, because you are absolutely spot on. Yeah, that's and, a good prediction. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Teed, Hopefully the, Bills... the second half of that prediction isn't isn't very true. But also, Smithy did say he was very down on the Buccaneers at the start of the year. So I'll give Smithy some props there, although he just missed out because he did have them losing the division. And any other year, they do. So good on you there, Smithy. Yeah. It's a, oh, well, that's a bit too nice for this show, but all right. Uh, Teed, the Bills and the Patriots, they were tied at 16. And I was thinking, oh, no. And then the Bills kicked Away, I should say, as I nearly burped straight into my microphone. But a good end of season win for the Bills as they uh, prepare for whichever quarterback the Dolphins roll out. Mike Glennon, let him, please let him start. <laughs> let the stubby cook. Yeah, let the stubby. Okay, yeah. 
I, I feel like they would be pretty confident going into that game. Um, yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but the Dolphins have played them pretty well this year, so you know who, who knows what's going to happen. But um, I thought the coolest bit about this game was that the Bills, all the build-up about you know the Hamlin injury and all the the lovely tributes they did before the game and and things like that. They came out and returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, and that and that stadium went crazy. And um, Hamlin wore number three, and I'm pretty sure I heard after the game that it was the first first return touchdown or kickoff return touchdown in three years and three months. So it's funny how how that kind of thing happens every now and again. Um, it feels like it's meant to be, but um, yeah, the Bills did just enough to win. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, Naheem Hines, the first Buffalo Bills kick returner to return. Uh, two touchdowns in the 21st century. So well done to him. Um, Smid, the Patriot, you don't have to see Mac Jones in the playoffs. So something yeah. good has come of this season. Yeah, something magnificent has come of this season. <laughs> Thank you, Buffalo. Oh, okay. Back to you, Smid. The Bears and the Vikings, no more Justin Fields this season, which will break your heart, but you get to see mm. Justin Jefferson in the uh, in the postseason. So silver linings. Yeah, and as I said before, the Texans winning it the Chicago Bears are they control the entire offseason. They've got the most cap space, which means they can sign pretty much anyone they want. They've got the most cap space, which means they can pretty much trade for anyone they want. And they hold the number one overall pick. They can trade down twice in the first round and not only get whoever they want but also improve their draft hand for this year and the future. They are going to absolutely dominate this offseason, and I can't wait to see it. And it's going to be pumped up that much, and, and you're going to get that many stories about the Bears thinking about trading Justin Fields, the Bears thinking about trading the number one pick, and they will yeah. milk that to death. And, you know, although I'm pretty sure we're all pretty certain they won't be trading Justin Fields, that will be talked up a lot, I feel. I okay. Well, let's go with it here. Give me a percentage you think of the chances the Bears keep number one. I honestly reckon it's five. Smid. Uh, yeah, I think they'd be irresponsible to keep it because the only reason a team is going to trade up to that spot is to draft a quarterback, which is a position they don't need. So, yeah, I I think it's about a ten percent chance they keep pick one. Ted, are you more optimistic? No, I'm probably I'm probably a mixture of both of you. I feel like they there's no way they keep it, considering they don't need that quarterback unless they do decide to trade Justin Fields. But um, it, it does feel like they could trade back, and obviously we've seen in the past how much teams can get for a number one pick. Um, the proof is in the pudding, and it feels like they could trade back a couple of spots and really um, set themselves up for years to come. Can you imagine the emergency mini episode we would do if Smitty woke up <laughs> to the headline, Justin Fields is a Panther? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it'd have to be about 48 hours later to <laughs> let me recover. <laughs> I like it. Um, Teed, the Jets and the Dolphins. I mean, of all the ways to earn a playoff spot, could there be a less convincing one than this? Yeah, it's, um, you know, we all kind of weren't sure what to expect from the Dolphins, especially with uncertainty at quarterback. And, you know, the same thing happened to the Jets here. Mike White was ruled out pretty early. And although the Jets did say seven days ago that they, they are going to roll or they're behind Zach Wilson, um, you know, a couple of days later it proved to not be true when they start Joe Flacco ahead of him. 
Um, and this game was just a defensive-led game, um, not much offense at all. I think there was you know, under 300 yards passing combined. Um, but the Dolphins, they just had to break the drought, and they did. So, you know, they've, they've locked up a playoff spot, and now we're all going to be wondering who's playing quarterback for that game. And, Smid, you talked about uh, kickers being the bane of your existence. Uh, we've cut on this show Jason Sanders from this squad twice. He's probably earned another two years just based on this performance alone. Yeah, carried. Genuinely carried. Um, so it's good to see him stand up because he was a really good kicker last year. He, he was one of the best kickers in the NFL. He made the um, – it was an all-pro kicker, wasn't he? Or, he was. I know he definitely made the Pro Bowl, but I'm pretty sure he was an all-pro kicker. So good to see him perform here and uh, lead his team into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Back to you, Smid. we got the Bengals and the Ravens, and this kind of went the way we thought it would. Did that even make yeah. sense? Yeah, I think so. Not really, but let's just roll with it. Um, Predictable result. There we go. It, it's fair to say the Ravens need Lamar Jackson back. <laughs> and um, Breaking news. Like we said, yeah, like we said the other week, I think this injury has helped his bid for a massive contract because it has been disgusting without him. Um, but I'm happy for the Bengals. They, they rolled on, um, and they're looking to hit the form at the right time. Uh, they're finally getting their offensive line right, which is really important for Joe Burrow, and their defense is fantastic. If you want to talk about coordinators who are underrated for head coaching jobs, the, the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator has done such a great job, and I think teams would be irresponsible not to at least give him an interview. Yeah, I like it. Even for another defensive coordinator job, the Dolphins are looking. They're looking now, and we still have a playoff game to play. Um, Teed, over to you, my friend. The Saints and the Panthers. Smithy was that confident, and at seven all with about 13 seconds left. I mean, yuck. Yeah, well, um, the kicker comes through in the clutch and wins the game. And what was your finishing record, Smithy? Uh, seven, seven and, and ten. ten. Yeah, seven. Oh, and okay. Ten. So, so one win behind the Bucks. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, uh, you know, who knows if they make the playoffs? If he makes that extra point that he missed against the the Falcons, um, well, we would have a month or two ago. Yeah, but um, because we would have, I think we would have had the tiebreaker potentially. Uh, certainly would have been close, but yeah, this game, I had red zone on. I was I was in and out of a sleep this morning. There wasn't too much motivation going on, but. Felt like this game just wasn't featured at all. This game and the Vikings and Bears game, I'm pretty sure I didn't see a lick of. So, um, you know, unfortunately for you, Smithy, the Panthers are, are finished for the year and, and their draft pick gets a little worse than you would have hoped. But um, if they want to get into the trade market, I'm sure there's, a, there's something they can do there. Well, Smith makes it easier for you to get Anthony Richardson. So you're looking forward to that, I'll bet. Yeah, picking at nine is a real interesting spot. I'd do think that it's a decent quarterback class. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what my Panthers do. But, um, yeah, shout out to Andy Pinheiro. He actually hasn't missed a kick since that meltdown in Atlanta where he missed the extra point and the field goal in overtime. So um, talk about bouncing back from um, a poor moment. He's definitely done that. And with Zane Gonzalez, who was a, another Pro Bowl kicker last year, um, injured and coming back next year, we, We've got a problem that not many NFL teams have. We've got two good kickers. So, I mean, that's a positive. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and back to you, Smith. Steelers Browns. The mm. Mike Tomlin. He, he doesn't know how to lose overall. No, nah, he doesn't know how to be a a losing coach overall in a season. They finished nine and eight and just missed the playoffs. And it was pretty predictable. This I thought. Um, the Steelers have looked really good over the last seven weeks, really. Um, and it is a massive shout out to the coaching. I, I think it has a lot to do with it. Kenny Pickett has looked pretty good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes with a full off season as the starting quarterback and to see his progression. But um, yeah, the Steelers, what a franchise they are. Seriously. It's, it's pretty crazy to see a team be this good so consistently. So shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Teed Broncos charges a good game. On the scoreboard, the Broncos get it done and give themselves just enough false hope to head into the offseason with. Yeah, well, Russell Wilson looked actually really good at times in this game and made some really, really good plays. Um, so positive signs for them going forward, I guess. The Chargers, they were locked into the five seed, I think, before this game even started. So um, it really was questionable. They were playing their starters and then Mike Williams got hurt and so did Joey Bosa. So... Um, if that's not the, the biggest advocate for not playing your starters when there's nothing to play for, I don't know what is. And I don't know the extent of the injuries. I'm pretty sure I heard they're, they're optimistic about Mike Williams, not sure about Joey Bosa. But um, if, if both them two miss the playoff game, that would be, um, you know, it'd be devastating for them. Brendan Staley really that's... is the gift that gives on giving, it keeps on giving oh, in this mid. I was going to say, it's not an advocate for not playing your starters. It's, an advocate for Brandon Staley being a fucking moron. That's what it is. <laughs> because if you can't move in the playoff standings, why would you play your starters for so long in this game? And you're right. Mike Williams, when he's been playing, the Chargers' offense has looked completely different. And when Joey Bosa has been playing, the Chargers' defense looks completely different. And they both get injured in this game. It's Unbelievable. And if Jacksonville beat the Chargers in the playoffs, which I think they're going to do, man, heads are going to roll because what kind of decision-making was that? Seriously. Well, Jacksonville beat them in week two or three, 31 to 10. Yeah. I'm pretty Pumped sure Mike them. Williams was the only one to score a touchdown. So, Bang. That's we go. brutal. Still to you, Smid, Eagles-Giants. This went exactly to script as far as we were concerned. We all knew... The Giants were going to keep it close and the Eagles would win, and that's what happened. Yeah, the Eagles came out and put up points early and um, the Giants clawed it back and it was just one of those scrappy games. The Eagles did what they needed to do. They won and secured the first-round bye. They got some starting game reps into Jalen Hurts and the Giants did what they did. Uh, you know, they did what they wanted to do, sorry. They... Um, they kept the game close. They stayed, you know, in rhythm and they look forward to playing the Vikings next week. So, yeah, pretty much a perfect result both ways. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Teed, Niners, Cardinals, great win for the Niners to finish their regular season. And I think Atlanta need to move over. The Cardinals and the other team I give the less shit about. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I don't know if any news came out about Cliff Kingsbury, but the last time I saw... I'm pretty sure uh, it, it looked like the Cardinals were, were going to move on from him. I don't know if that's been made official or maybe it will tomorrow on Black Monday or whatever they call it. But 
Um, yeah, the, they, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I didn't come up with the name. That's what they call it. But just um, Monday the, <laughs> the Cardinals started really well with that 80-yard touchdown pass in the first play of the game or something like that. But, um, you know, not much after that. And the 49ers did really well. George Kittle is on a tear at the moment. I'm pretty sure he has scored um, more touchdowns in the last four games than he has in any of his single seasons combined. Um, so he, he's just on a tear right now at the right time for the playoffs. Yep, I like it. I like it a lot. And Smid, Commanders, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good fun, isn't it? Is that Stephen A. Um, Smid? <laughs> yeah, it might as well be. Um, oh, man, I, I said this in the group chat today, but I I take the piss out of the Cowboys a lot in our group chats because I know Teed's love for them and it is fun. And as a Panthers fan, we, we stay sad enough as it is. So to be able to mock other <laughs> franchises is a, a blessing sometimes. And Dak Prescott's been throwing a lot of interceptions lately. And a lot of them I take the piss out of in good fun. But after I saw the pick six to Kendall Fuller today, I genuinely had to question to myself whether I thought he was really bad or not. And he's starting to sway me. He's been playing really poorly at the moment and making some terrible mistakes that will cost him in a playoff game. And um, I think he has the most interception or the highest interception rate in the NFL in terms of interceptions per pass attempt because he did miss quite a chunk of games. And I think he's second overall in the NFL for interceptions, which isn't a very good stat at all. Granted, some of the Marty's fault, but the one today was terrible. And I'm starting to question if Dak Prescott is a bad quarterback. So not ideal. I know this game didn't mean a ton for the Cowboys. Um, I don't think they could have moved out of the five seed. So they they needed the Eagles to lose, which was um, the funniest thing all week was the Cowboys fans worried about the Eagles losing and, and not really worried about this matchup, but the exact opposite happened, which was, um, was yeah. pretty good. So, I mean, yeah, they didn't need to come out. It's not a must-win game, but to get blown out by Washington in the last game of the year isn't the best way to roll into a wildcard game. So um, it's going to be a very interesting week with all the Cowboy talk. Mm, will be, Teed. Write a reply. Yeah, I um, I, th- I think I came out about a month or five weeks ago saying I've checked out of the Cowboys season for the, um, you know, at least for the regular season. I didn't want to get too high on performances. And, you know, I don't think I did after, you know, games against the Colts where we put up nearly 50 points. Um, there was another game after there where we put up 40-odd. And I didn't read anything into that, so I'm not going to read too much into this. But I will say it is concerning because... It's not like they, there was only one or two things that went wrong for them in this game. It felt like everything did, um, and they couldn't get anything going. And Washington's defense is pretty good, but um, yeah, it, it really was concerning. And you know, a month ago, I was extremely optimistic about this Cowboys team's you know Super Bowl chances. I know that seems silly to say, but you know, in my entire history following the NFL, this is the best Cowboys team that I've seen. Um, and it feels like if they are ever going to win one in my lifetime, this is as good a chance as any. Um, but, yeah, it, 
I feel like when you just look at the the Cowboys and the Bucks going into next week, you, you feel like you, you know who should win. But um, considering this, the Cowboys, I am I'm shitting myself, guys. <laughs> oh, I respect the honesty, mate. But I I, I do feel um, obliged to put you at ease when you did say uh, you said it sounds silly. Your optimism about the Cowboys making the Super Bowl now um, to make you feel better. It, it was stupid at the time too. So nothing much has changed. So. Keep doing what you're doing, man, and it's, uh, it goes from there. All right, Teed. Oh, my goodness. Something to do after the games for you, my friend. Um, in case those who are listening haven't truly caught up with the playoff schedule, I'm hoping you've got it there because I gave you 56 minutes of warning. Um, what have we yeah, got, man, on Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, right. So we've got um, – it'll be Sunday over here, so I'll go Australian time. But Sunday over here – at about 8.30 a.m., we've got the Seahawks and the 49ers. Um, and then 12.15 on Sunday, we'll have Chargers and Jaguars, which um, primetime game. I'm extremely looking forward to that one. We've then got the Monday. The 5 a.m. game will be Dolphins and Bills. So it'll be oh. a, a nice early wake up for Daz. I can't. I can't. Um, I can't oh, do it. no. I, yeah. I hate myself. Uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. And then 8.30, we've got Giants and Vikings. And then Monday, 12.15, we've got Ravens and the Bengals, which uh, I'm not too, you know, I feel like you could put Giants, Vikings or Dolphins, Bills at that time slot. We just saw Ravens, Bengals, and um, the Bengals um, kick their ass, to be honest. I'm not sure I need to see that in prime time again. Uh, and then we've got on Tuesday, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. The um, yeah, so, so the NFL's made me wait all, all, you know, all week, I guess. It's a week and a day. What are we? It's Monday here, so Tuesday next week. I've got to sit through five games before I see my own Cowboys, and and it Not is like going to be a long thing. week. And um, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I um, I am excited, but extremely nervous about that one. But that that will end the wild card weekend at twelve fifteen on Tuesday. Cowboys Bucks. As my uh, as my old cooking teacher used to say, Teed, and I'm going to repeat it to you now. If you're looking for sympathy at a time like this, it's in the dictionary between shit and syphilis. So that's well, pretty much where we're at right about now. The great man Russell, he didn't like his wife, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, Smith, shout out Russ. Yeah, absolutely. He's not listening. Uh, the non QB MVP. We've got to crown one more winner before we go. Of course, we've got this week's votes. Yeah, some week 18 votes. So with the one vote, we had Stefan Diggs, seven catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. With two votes, we had our man, our fan favorite, our show favorite, Jamal Williams, 16 carries, 72 yards, and two touchdowns. But with the three votes, and weirdly weirdly enough, no touchdowns, but the efficiency this man had, something to be seen. Jerry Judy, three votes, five catches, 154 yards at over 30 yards per catch. Thanks for coming, everyone. The judge gets three. I love it, which gives us the final leaderboard of a gluttony of players down the bottom. I might go from three upwards. Why not? Let's celebrate the best. So we've got Jalen Petrie, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, AJ Brown, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Cam Akers, Mike Evans, Austin Eckler, and now Jerry Judy joins them. Uh, on four votes on his own, we've got Tyreek Hill, who was actually on four after week three. So thanks for coming, Cheetah, as far as I'm Trading. concerned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, five votes, TJ Hawkinson done beautifully. A couple of tight ends actually in this top five, which we absolutely love to see because on six votes is Travis Kelsey. Seven votes is Josh Jacobs. And it's astounding that two of the top three play for the same team and uh, didn't make the playoffs. But eight votes, Smithies, man, Justin Jefferson, Jay Jetters, the gritty was back. But on nine votes and the winner of the inaugural NFL Dan Under non-QB MVP, Devontae Adams. Stand up and applaud wherever you are. Fantastic effort. And, um, yeah, I'm sure that'll make him feel good after a, a fantastic year personally. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably the thing he was aiming to do at the start of the year. He, he, yeah. he had so many goals flying around, playoffs, Super Bowl, you know, Raiders reception, all-time records, you know, all this stuff. But I think he down on the non-QB MVP at NFL Down Under and said, yeah, that is um, what I want to win. <laughs> there's three things he's thinking of right now, and it's, A, who's going to be the Raiders quarterback next year? The second thing is going to be, you know, which team is he going to be playing on next year? And the third thing is, where is he going to fit the trophy um, in his trophy room? So, yeah, he's got a lot of his on his mind right now. Next he's to the Taco his... Bell store. Have you seen the ad? <laughs> Devontae Adams' Taco Bell store in his house. <laughs> rich and rich. Oh, I like it. All right, let's let's uh, let's get out of here, Smith. The final regular season show of season 2022-23, and I know we like to joke, but it's been a genuine pleasure, boys, and I'm looking forward to the postseason immensely. It's had a bit of everything, both on the show and on the field. Absolutely. Thank you to all of you for not only listening to this episode, but if you've been a constant listener to the content throughout the NFL regular season, we do greatly appreciate it. Our numbers have skyrocketed throughout this season, which has been awesome to see. And we look forward to diving into the playoff content. Uh, it's always the best time of the year when you get to the playoffs. Um, and there's going to be some absolutely ripping games to preview and review. So we're looking forward to that. Stay with us. Listen to that one when it comes out. But most importantly, stay safe, everyone.